0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina. I'm bringing you today's word for November 30th, 2023. I'm teaching a series right now on the parables of Jesus. And we're going through a bunch of parables and we're going to see how many we can get through before the end of the year. Actually, we've been on this for months. This is part 107 of the parables series. I'm calling it Pearls from the Parables, part 107. Well, the last few messages, if you missed the last three messages, shame on you. Go back, go to youtube.com forward slash Rick Pina or on the podcast, And take a look at the last three messages have been so profound on forgiveness and relationships and setting boundaries and loving yourself and stewarding your heart. It's just been amazing. If you've been enjoying those messages, put something in the chat. Now, today's message is going to flow somewhat in the same vein, but it's really going to be more on, yes, relationships and forgiveness, but more like, man, I need to give God praise for it. So we have been forgiven of much. The title of today's message is, You Have Much To Be Thankful for. Put in the chat, I have a lot to be thankful for. Get ready to receive what God is about to impart in you. Alright, so I have a lot to be thankful for. You have a lot to be thankful for. Let's get into it. Before we get into it, um, there's a scripture we've been looking at all year. Uh, Actually, let me go here. Uh Uh-oh, my notes got messed up, so one second. Uh, There's a scripture we've been looking at all year, Psalms 126 and verse 4. And let me read it for you again today. We believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. This is what the Bible says. Now, Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. Make streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Okay, Rick, why, why have you been sharing this scripture with us all year? Well, at the beginning of 2023, I told you that this would be a season of refreshing and restoring for us. Well, yeah, that was back in January. Well, this is the problem. People get a, a, a vision or, or a, a word from God for a season. And then they quit on that word before the season is over. Are we still in 2023? Yes. The Lord said this will be a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So if there's an area of your life that's dried up, the Lord is going to restore it right now, restoring you to the former glory. Streams of God's refreshing can flow over you until dry hearts are drenched again. Say amen to that. Put in the chat no dry areas for me. You got it. All right. Now let's take a look at this uh, parable. This parable is kind of like in the middle of an actual story. Jesus was at this guy's house. He was a religious guy. He was a Pharisee. And um, something happened at his house. And so Jesus told a quick story, like a parable, at the guy's house. I'm going to share it with you. So Luke chapter 7, beginning at verse 36, this is what the Bible says. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. This was not normal. This guy's name was Simeon or Simon. And so Jesus went to the Pharisee's house and he took a place at his table. Now in the town where the Pharisee lived, there was a sinful woman. And she knew that Jesus was at the Pharisee's house. Um, So what she did was she brought some expensive perfume in an alabaster box. You know the song, you probably heard the song, the alabaster box. And she came to Jesus at the guy's house and fell down at his feet and started crying, and she began to wash his feet with her tears, and she dried his feet with her hair. She kissed his feet many times and rubbed them with this expensive perfume. When the Pharisee, the guy who owned the house, saw this, he said, this guy's supposed to be a prophet. If this man was a prophet, he would know that this lady that's touching him is a sinner. Basically, he was saying, she's a sinner, I'm not. So in response, Jesus said to the Pharisee, okay, hey, Simon, let me say something to you. He was like, all right, go ahead, teacher, let me hear it. This guy's arrogant, full of pride. He says, okay, Jesus says there were two men. Both of the men owned money, owed money to the same banker. And the banker came to the men, one owned 500 silver coins owed 500 silver coins and the other owed 50 silver coins another translation says one guy owed a hundred thousand dollars the other guy owed ten thousand dollars but both men had no money and the banker came looking for the money and they didn't have money to pay the banker so both of the men said hey i don't have money to pay and then the banker told the men hey i'm gonna forgive you of your debt both of them and they both got forgiven of the debt So he says, well, which one of those two men would love and appreciate the banker more? Simon said, well, I would think it would be the one that owed him the most money. I'll stop there with the the story because he goes on to then deal with him and the woman and all of that. He was like, you know, since I've been in this house, you never gave me nothing to wash my feet. And this woman has been, you know, washing my feet with her tears and all of that stuff. So she appreciates him more. What does this mean for you today? I have six things to share with you in this morning. And as I get into these six things, I want you to open up your heart to receive. Put in the chat, I am ready to receive. I don't want you to be distracted in any way. Let's get into it. Six things. Number one, here we go. Understanding our debt. So you got to understand that as a believer, you have a debt that you were forgiven of. And you got to understand that debt. You got to recognize the indebtedness that you came to Jesus with. You got to understand what Jesus forgave you of to to truly appreciate God's grace. You won't be thankful. Let me say it this way. You won't be thankful for being saved until you recognize how lost you were. So like, you almost have to prove to somebody that they're going to hell before they will acknowledge Jesus as Lord so that they can go to heaven. So, the two debtors in the parable, they both owed a debt. And like those debtors, we owed a debt. We all owed a debt. We all owed a debt of sin. We were born in sin because of Adam. And then we continued in sin because of our sin nature. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says, All of us. We were all that way. Don't act like you were not. In 1 John, it says that if you claim to be without sin, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. So we we were all born in sin. We were all shaped in iniquity. And then we all continued to live in sin. And we operated with the same spirit, Paul says, that rests now in the spirit of those who are children of disobedience. We all live that way. So this parable invites us, you and I, to acknowledge how bankrupt we were in the spirit before we came to God. This gives us a greater awareness of our debt and then a, a greater appreciation for the forgiveness that God has given us. Listen, maybe you've been in church for umpteen years. Maybe you got saved when you were seven and now you're 70 and you don't forget. I, I mean, you, you don't remember what it's like to be a sinner, but you got to you gotta appreciate the grace of God from, from time to time. Instead of comparing yourself to other people, you got to recognize that we were all sinners in need of God's grace. We were all born sinners in need of a savior. Thankfully, Jesus, watch this, paid a price that we could not pay for a debt that he did not owe. So we got to thank God for that. You can thank God. Like, you know, here's a challenge. I think sometimes today we're so blessed that people are thanking God for another car. People are thanking God for another house. People are thanking God for, you know, whatever, you know, supernatural debt cancellation, all this stuff. I don't care how much stuff you thank God for. That's material stuff. Never stop thanking God for Jesus. Never stop thanking God for being saved. Never stop thanking God for washing away your sins with the blood of Jesus. Never thank, never stop thanking God for the day you got born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, right? I mean, like this awareness that you were going to hell and now you're not should foster uh, uh, an attitude of humility and it should decrease or just kill your pride and self-righteousness. Put in the chat, I thank God For Jesus, I got to be reminded from time to time that I was going to hell and Jesus saved me from hell. Say amen to that. All right. Number two. The power of received forgiveness. Now now when you're born again, you are forgiven, but sometimes we don't like acknowledge it or receive it or, or 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 just recognize the fact that we're forgiven. Experiencing God's forgiveness like on a on a personal level, on an intimate level can radically change your life. It would change the way you look at God, the way you look at yourself at yourself, the way you look at other people. Forgiveness that is received should translate into love. And gratitude that is expressed. When you receive forgiveness from, from God and you know how jacked up you were, you should run to the altar and give God praise. You know what I'm saying? When you know that you have been forgiven of much, you express more gratitude than those who think they have been forgiven of little, right? There's some people who think, who are sinners, but who don't think like that, you know, like the Pharisee, oh, this woman is a sinner. If, if he was a prophet, he would know. See, when you know that you've been forgiven of much, it should be evident, like 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 Isabella and I have a lot to be thankful for. Like, like, hallelujah, man! I mean, like you know, the reason why I run with so much zeal and passion and excitement and dedication. I was talking. to I'm with a bunch of my peers, my a bunch of my my brothers and sisters, other pastors, and we're all part of the same covenant. We're here for a conference, and as I was talking to some of them, I was like, man, you you just you. You're faithful to today's word and you're doing this and you're doing that. And I was like, man, I can't not do it. I know, I know that I know where I come from and I, I have a lot to be thankful for. This story challenges us to reflect how much we have to be thankful for. Like, I mean, how much do you have to be thankful for? I don't know about you, but I know that I have a lot to be thankful for. I came a mighty long way. I might deal with this tomorrow. The the distance travel means a lot. Isabella, the reason why we she can give God, man, come on, man. She grew up the way she grew up. And then she came to this country when she was 20 years old. And I'm a son of immigrants. And my parents immigrated to this country in 1970. And, and you know, we, I mean, like, I know we come from nothing. And to God be the, I have a lot to be thankful for. Forget material things. I also know that I was born in, sin, shaping and iniquity on my way to hell. And God saved me like a brand from the burning. I have a lot to be thankful for. This story should cause us to think about how much we have to be thankful for. And the grace and the mercy and the love that is extended towards us should cause us to live our lives with gratitude and humility and and service. We should want to serve God. Why? Because he saved me from hell. Say amen to that. I know people don't talk about hell today, I know it's 2023 and people would rather be talking about, Get, look, give me a car, give me a Rolls Royce, give me a, I mean, come on. A lot of that stuff is just foolishness. Uh, I, I, if, if, if you like cars, God can give you 10, but that shouldn't be your focus. Your focus should be like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to impact? How do I want to live? How, how can you use, I just want to express my gratitude. I have a lot to be thankful for. Say amen to that. Number three, judgment versus comparison. Learning from Simon the Pharisee. We got to learn from this Pharisee guy. Simon represents an attitude of judgment and a lack of awareness of the grace that was extended towards him or his need for grace. See, religious people, put in the chat, I will not be religious. Put in the chat, I get delivered from performance-based religion. You know what religious people think? Religious people? Religious people think, like Simon, I'm right and she's wrong. The people that brought the woman caught in the very act of adultery, They were saying, she's wrong. I'm we're right, Jesus. And Jesus was like, no, 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 no. Let me help you guys out. If any of you don't have sin, oh, then go ahead and throw a stone. Throw the first stone. But if you have sin, then don't throw nothing. And they started leaving from the oldest to the youngest. Because they were saying, We're right, she's wrong. Jesus was like, No, that's not the gospel. The gospel is not your right, she's wrong, religious people. No, the gospel is we're all wrong. The gospel is we all need grace. The gospel is not Simon, oh, if he, if Jesus was a prophet, he would know that she's a sinner. No, Simon, dude, you don't realize it, you're a sinner too. And so, no, no, the gospel is we all, listen, you got to stop looking down on people. You The closer you get to God, the less you think of yourself. If you look down on people, you are telling me that you don't know God well. Uh, if you look down on people, you're telling me that you may be a Christian, but you're a baby Christian Because the closer you get to God, the less you think of yourself The closer you get to God, the more jacked up you realize you are The closer you get to God, the more you know God, the more you realize that you are not like him And you need his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness and his anointing And without him, you are nothing And so the closer you get to God, you live a life that is marked by humility and grace and gratitude and love And so, so no, no, don't be like the Pharisees who are looking down on other people. Jesus calls us to empathy and forgiveness and love and connection. Say amen to that. Number four, love as a fruit of forgiveness. Jesus is making a connection between the depth of love that is shown towards us and the extent of forgiveness that we get to receive and the gratitude that we're supposed to express. There's a connection between how much I have been forgiven And how much I should say thank you to God for when you see people in church that are crying, snotty nose, crying, running around the church, doing backflips, falling down on their face. And you're sitting there saying, oh, it don't take all that. You don't know what they've been through. And you're saying, oh, it don't take all that. Maybe it don't take all that for you. But, dude, don't tell me how to praise God. You don't know what I've been through. You, you you don't know how much God has forgiven me of. Come on now. You don't know how much God has delivered me from. Uh you you don't know. Like you you know you don't don't judge my praise because you don't know what I've been through. You don't know you don't know my journey. And so maybe you could just sit there and be like, Hallelujah. But that's not me. No, no, no. Don't judge me. If that's how you want to praise God, go ahead and praise God. But I know I have a lot to be thankful for. I know that, listen, God snatched me like a brand from the burning. I, I know that God delivered me from hell. I know that God filled me with his Holy Ghost. I know that God covered me with his blood. I know that God called me according to his working purpose. And I know that God chooses to use me right now on a daily basis, even though I'm not good enough, God does it anyway. Hallelujah. Come on, man. I have a lot to be thankful for. Put in the chat. I have a lot to be thankful for. I wish I could see the chat. I mean, like like I have a lot to be thankful for. Number five, living out forgiveness in practical ways. Forgiveness should not be some type of theoretical concept for you, right? No, forgiveness. I've been talking about forgiveness for the last few days. It should be something that's lived out on a daily basis. This includes what I've been teaching on. being Receiving forgiveness from God includes then releasing grudges right? Forgiving others, letting people go, seeking reconciliation and restoration and not retribution, right? So that's what we've been discussing. It, It includes showing grace and mercy towards other people, even people that you think you're justified in withholding it from. Let me say that again. Forgiveness from God should manifest in you extending grace and mercy towards other people, even people that you think you would be justified in withholding it from. There's some people that you think, I, you know, they did me wrong, whatever. So I would be justified in holding on to it. Those are the people you need to forgive the most. Because you would then be showing the love of God towards them. You would then be expressing the love of God in a way that only God can do. And when you do that, it leads to healing for you. It leads to emotional healing and restoration and peace for you. It will lead to a breakthrough in your heart. So this parable is... Ex- and the last couple that we've been looking at are motivating us to be proactive in forgiveness, to be proactive in reconciliation. Say amen to that. And then number six, the last point for today. I'm going to talk about gratitude amplified, the impact of recognizing what God has forgiven you of. Now, I don't know about you, but when you realize, recognize, acknowledge how much God has forgiven you of. Then you're going to you're going to praise God on a great level and you're going to be very gracious towards other people. Those of us who are aware of the magnitude of the sin that God has forgiven us of. We live our lives with a greater level of humility, humility and grace and praise towards God because we know the enormity of what God has done for us. So there should be an ad, uh, an overflow. Put it in the chat. There's an overflow of gratitude and love in my heart because I understand how much God has forgiven me of. So there's a heightened gratitude that manifests then in compassion and mercy towards other people because I, re- I recognize that I was once like them. I-, I need to recognize how messed up I've been and how much God has done for me so that I can then manifest that towards other people. If you ever meet somebody who is religious, let's just be honest, I'm going to just call a spade a spade. Religious people, um, they what they do is they have like big sins and little sins. Religious people basically say they minimize their sin and they maximize other people's sin. And so they amplify the transgressions of others and they minimize their own transgressions. And so what they want to do is they're trying to compare themselves to other people make themselves look good and make other people look bad. But the truth is we're all jacked up. The truth is we're all messed up without God. The truth is we all need God. We, we have all been forgiven and without the grace of God, we would be nothing. Our righteousness is like filthy rags, the Bible says. So our lives, when you recognize what I'm teaching this morning, your life will be marked with humility with a readiness to forgive and with a continuous flow of praise from your lips. You should be thankful for what God has done for you and appreciative of the fact that God is not holding your future hostage to your past. God is extending grace towards you on a daily basis. God's mercy towards you are new every morning and He is faithful towards you. He's more faithful to you towards you than you're faithful towards you. As a result, you should be thankful to God and gracious towards other people. Say amen to that. I don't know if you've been enjoying these parables. I know that I have. These parables are really teaching us. You know what they're teaching us? They're teaching us the heart of God. They're teaching us the nature of Christ. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I declare that your forgiveness has transformed me. It's filled my heart with gratitude and love. I know how much you've forgiven me of, and as a result, I get to see others through the lens of your grace, helping me to avoid judgment and to embrace compassion. I commit to loving other people, not just based on their actions, but based on the forgiveness that you've given me. I live out my forgiveness daily. I show grace. I seek reconciliation. I am deeply grateful for the forgiveness that I've received. And I extend this very same grace to those around me. So Father, help me to reflect your love and mercy in this world. I embrace your grace and your call to be an agent of forgiveness and an example of your love in a world that desperately needs it. Living with this mindset, I know, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow, I'm going to have another one. So please apply it and Prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free, and you get my notes for free. So do me a favor. Go into the chat. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. We have a lot to be thankful for. Put that in the chat. I have a lot to be thankful for. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.